everyone. Uh, welcome back to Talking Station's midweek update. Sorry for the no show um, last week. Had some technical difficulties to work out with the stream. Um, but we're back this week. And with me today is Juliana Soda returning to the show, leader of the Ballora Cards, GMVA. How's it going? Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Doing well here. How about you all? Good. Um, wanted to catch up with you uh, because since we talked last, a lot has happened um, from CCP's end on changes to LOSEC and Faction Warfare, most of it mechanic-wise, but... Uh, we left last left off. I don't remember if the elections were canceled the last time we talked. Did that happen, or, yeah. or was that after? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was the that was the main reason why we talked. I think was the the big scandal about the role playing community uh, having this whole uh, news event take place where the Galenti Federation elections were canceled. But the faction warfare changes are probably the biggest thing that's happened. There's basically been no news about the elections either. Uh, so there's not much more to talk about there, unfortunately. But at least we can talk about the low-sec faction warfare PvP stuff, which is probably slightly more interesting to our audience than... Uh, oh, for sure. But I think uh, what we were talking about was the, the role-playing nonsense, as you put it, uh, <laughs> helps to spark this interest in this discussion around right. low-sec and faction warfare, which appears to have worked. I mean, I'm sure a lot of this stuff had been in the process of the works for a while. But... Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, well, the funny thing was, if you read the CS in minutes, the one of the CCP developers was like, "Why do people live in Losec?" And it was, uh, you remember reading that minute? You, you, that was pretty hilarious. Uh -huh. like, hmm, uh -huh. I, I've only been here for about ten years. Maybe I'm just the weird one. <laughs> Maybe the rest of the universe is normal, and I'm the weird one because I live. I like it, and uh, I don't understand why people, more people, don't do it. But um, but still, it, it, the the factual warfare changes are very welcome, and I hope that we uh, dive into that a bit more coming up. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, the one thing I wanted to get started with was the CCP ran this event uh, called the Champions of Losec, and that came with a couple yeah. of different things. There was like some system bonuses to Losec systems, or right? you got a warp speed bonus. Was there anything was else you got in Losec? Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, the event was actually a sort of fun little thing. Mostly the works speed bonus, just to be absolutely clear with you, that was a huge help to roaming around and actually doing PvP. It's amazing how much time is wasted. <laughs> Warping from stargates to stargates, stations to stations. So anything that helped that out, I, I would actually just sort of recommend that it becomes a normal thing. <laughs> but uh, I suppose that would be unfair to the other regions, maybe. I don't know. But... Um, the overall change that happened was is that there was a lot more activity in LOSEC. There was a lot more PvP, simply because a lot of other people came to LOSEC to try to claim this title, uh, at least whatever way that they could. Um, obviously, Snuffbox did that, and there's a lot of drama and nonsense surrounding that. Um, but at least people actually focused on LOSEC for a good chunk of time. And the other Faction Warfare Plex, Plex updates are very welcome. Uh, the loyalty to LOSEC update overall was very ha uh, very helpful to our players. Um, there are other surrounding circumstances that have sort of defeated the purpose of that a little bit from a, from a metagame perspective. Um, but overall, the game mechanic changes were universally approved by our player base. Almost universally approved. I shouldn't say universally, I guess. That's fantastic. So the, the Champions of LOSEC thing, I think, was made to just like throw some some visibility on the changes that they had put, yeah. right? Like. Let's, let's make an event in cool. Losec. So what was the gig? The gig was like the most uh, ISK destroyed in a yeah. two-week period of time, not including structures, right? 
Right. That would have been an easy way to cheat at that, right? Of course, is to kill a bunch of structures. But of course, the uh, the drama that surrounded it is that Snuffbox reformed that moment just for the thing, it seems like, right? They sort of poofed back into existence. They got all their characters back in. And then they uh, try to compete with Ardra or Wings, you know, uh, Penna's Out Alliance to uh, attempt to fight for that t- title championship. And at the beginning of this, I was like the naive little, you know, low sec alliance leader. It's like, hey, we can try. We can do a little PvP and see if we can get it. It's like, no, there's no way we can compete with those big boys. Because the way that most of this money was made, all the points on the, on the, the contest was made, the ISK, you know, uh, that actually pays towards the uh, gang first place was that you just gate camp a lot. A lot of those guys just gate camp. Yeah, I think it's like the North Gate yeah. uh, in town. It's like the North Gate, the Kanaka Gate, you know, those two places. Um, a lot of other low sec entrances were gate camped, which is fine. That's, I guess that's legitimate, maybe. If you wanted to, if you wanted to have more than zero low sec activity, that's some kind of low sec activity to uh, to reward. Yeah, probably would, not in vain of the true, uh, you know, intention yeah, of the right. cause. You know, the cause was supposed to be like let's get out there in the systems and fight, but uh, and do something. The only other way that would have been possible to fix that possibly would be to like to look at the location of the kill mails and to subtract out kills that occurred at those Stargate locations. And that would have been sort of arbitrary. And I, I understand why they probably didn't do it also because of that would have required some human being to spend several minutes of time <laughs> to script a filter to pull out kill mails that were not in those locations. So uh, I don't want to advocate that for is not getting money for that specifically, you know. But anyway, it was a fun little event. And there was a lot of NullSec roaming activity. There was a ton of people and also solo PVPers that came down just to hang out for a bit um, unfortunately, it wasn't so much of an impact on our activity than I would have hoped, uh, but at least it was something interesting going on. Um, the factual warfare mechanics are probably the most important thing that's happened in the past 10 years in factual warfare space, honestly. Yeah, that, so, so let's get into that, right? So we, we get this event that throws uh, some light on LOSEC, and then loyalty to LOSEC patch comes out, and there's a bunch of stuff in there. The first being um, what the Amar Mimitar guys were sort of combating a little bit with the mission LP balance. Right? I think I mentioned that at the meeting, the, the last show that I was on, right? <laughs> I think CC yeah. just sort of watched our show and then just did those things. Though, to be fair, sure. I have been raising that issue for about five years at every CCP event possible, including like all the small ones that I showed up to. Like I went to Vegas, I, I yelled at them about, well, not yelled, you know. I respectfully commented upon <laughs> these different topics. And it's like, okay, the faction warfare loyalty points per mission is too high. It's rewarding botters, period. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Let's, let's accept it. You know? And then we overcome that problem by just deleting the loyalty points from that, and we shove it into other activities. And we're getting a lot of loyalty points from PvP now, a little bit. It's like you get 4,000 LP per kill. That's not nothing. That's like 3.5 million-esque of loyalty points. That's not bad. And um, so you actually get a little bit of more payback. And so it's a sort of a little fun thing to take away from, from uh, PvP. And it does sort of pay back more if you're solo because it's not split up between all your fleet members, right? So it does reward solo PvP a bit more in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, what's cool about Faction Warfare is one of the few places you actually get paid to fight people. Right? Well, let's be clear. It's not ISK. <laughs> True. It's loyalty points, which you then now have to convert in the loyalty point store for items and gear that you can sell in the open market or use for yourself. So what did CCP do? They, of, they took some LP. To, Go ahead. 
Yeah, it's, you're right, you're right. You take some loyalty points from the one thing that's not PvP, and they made it PvP, which is great. And uh, yeah, they took the only... out of the yeah. and gave you some LP per kill based on the value of the ship, right? Is, is the yeah, it's proportional. That's proportional to it, which makes complete sense. The only joke I was going to make was converting loyalty points is not easy. <laughs> Just to be clear, particularly with the shitty market, and to be to be a little bit more forthright about it, uh, it's very difficult to efficiently uh, sell your loyalty points. So that's probably the only last complaint I would have about this, uh, besides the fact that it is rewarding you somewhat. You have to have the ability to be basically like a program manager or you know a, a person that's able to do some some significant spreadsheet work to to make your loyalty points count. But it's nice. It's definitely nice. Yeah, loyalty points get a little bit crazy, especially with faction warfare mechanics. You're rewarded more loyalty points per capture if you own more space, right? So that winds up diluting your market for a while, right? Because for a while, you're buying yeah. Galente items like, uh, I don't know, faction hobgoblins. Navy. Navy. Navy comets. Comets. And yeah. Stuff. And then eventually right. that exactly. market gets flooded. Maybe issues. Right. And if everyone's getting yeah. rich off the LP, they're trying to sell these items, it floods the market and it kind of messes with the whole thing. So you're right, it's not easy. Th this has been a welcome change for you guys? Like this is... Yeah, absolutely. And and also like the Plex changes. Um, so they added an extra Plex, which is the Battleship Plex, right? That everybody was asking for. Yeah, which is super cool, right? It, has, it is very cool. It hasn't quite been used in our Warzone yet. In the intended way, I don't believe. It's probably been used more in the Mimitar Faction Warfare Zone, to be clear with you. And I, I don't have as much data on that side of the map. But it, it is, from a theoretical standpoint, very interesting. You take your battleship into a gated plex that cannot be Cenozero blobs or whatever, right? So you can actually fight with battleships without being blobbed by dreads or carriers. Let's see, that's, that's fairly attractive to some people, <laughs> since you never get to use your battleship normally without getting blobbed by carriers and dreads. Uh, so that's oh, yeah. that's a great opportunity, and it should be used more, I think. I don't think people know enough about it yet. It hasn't really trickled down into the larger PvP community, probably. But it'll definitely be a fun fun content generator. And the other advantage of the new update was that you no longer get insta-blobbed or insta-killed uh, by artillery Lokis on the outside of the acceleration gates, because you can now warp in at a different range, activate the gate anywhere within that radius, and get inside the plex, which is a huge lifesaver in that kind of uh, environment. Uh, it was a huge annoyance to have your Navy Comet or Faction Frigate get killed by a, a Loki that's 70 kilometers away and you can't possibly touch it. Um, and you can't even know the Loki's there until it decloaks, right? So it's, it was a very bullshit thing to have, but now it's no longer as prevalent, which is nice. Yeah, that change came along after the uh, disallowed warp core stabs yeah. complexes, right? So, <laughs> which is also what's something I advocated. Yeah, it was. Yeah, which was a good change. Bad side effect was they added that check, which added a tick to your entering the the gate, the acceleration gate, which yeah. allowed you enough time for like a fast locking Loki to grab you and hit you. And that's no good if you're in your T one frigate looking for a novice fight, right? Yeah, yeah, you're like at a five million skill point clone, right? A, a character that's new to the game. And you're getting killed by a, a Tech 3, you know, strategic cruiser. That's <laughs> like, no, that's not content. That's not content at that point. That's not a, a game, video game. That's just suicide. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so now you can warp in at a greater range and have a better chance of getting through that gate before somebody uh, happened to be positioned well enough to catch you. Absolutely. And um, so that, that's a huge improvement. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else significant that really changed. The warp speed bonuses were nice. Um, the battleship change, right, where you get little frigate bays, that's kind of cool. I haven't really seen the much that much of use of that yet. At least you can save your implants a little bit faster. You know, that's that's a cool thing to have. Um, we get our implants like our amulets, high high grade slave clones out. Used to be slaves, now it's called amulets. I still call them slaves. <laughs> Me too. Snakes are a very, very valuable resource if you're flying like a nano battleship or like some weird Barghest or Mercurial, solo Mercurial. High-grade snakes are expensive. It would be nice not to get instantly killed with your high-grade snakes. So that's good. Um, overall, the content has has been good. Like the the Champions of Losec thing was bullshit because of Snuffbox being able to game the system with the, with the Titan kill and all the rest of it. Um, but overall, it's been a pretty good month. Um, we've lost a couple systems in Factual Warfare. Uh, the Caldari have started to push back. And oh, that's, okay. And that's the only real complaint that I have about the past month or so that I have uh, not talked to you recently, is um, the time zone issue for Faction Warfare still remains to be a big problem. And uh, I, this is sort of a metagaming kind of thing. But I guess it kind of applies to Sovereignty and Nullsec too a bit with the uh, timers for uh, beacons and stuff like that, for Intosis beacons and stuff. Uh, basically, you have a bunch of people in the Russian time zone that can contest your system control, and you can't really fight them until you get people out of work or able to log into the video game, and then you end up losing because you can't get enough hours on the clock where you're in control of that system. And um, I guess the Intosis system sort of solves that a bit because you're able to set the timers to your strengths, not their strengths, right? But in Factual Warfare, you don't get that choice. So the entire 24-hour clock is now a torture wheel where you're being victimized on the first 12 hours that you're asleep, and then you're rewarded for the next 12 hours. So that just keeps going in a loop. Uh, we're trying to figure out a solution to that problem for our team, uh, for our folks. It's just a annoyance and a frustration for our players, unfortunately. I don't, I don't think CCP could really fix it without overhauling how systems are controlled is the challenge. Um, you'd have to have some way of allowing you, uh, the Faction Warfare players to set timers, which is not quite possible. So uh, we'll have to see. Yeah. It's sort of the other side of the argument of time zone tanking, right? Like the yeah, reason exactly. why Nullsec has time zone tanking is so that you can't be attacked and lose all your stuff while you're sleeping um, because we have to sleep. And yeah, exactly. it's a 24-hour game you know, that's played globally. So Faction Warfare, I remember those days where you're, you're in your time zone, you put in your hours, you, can, you grind those systems, you get the contestation up, and then you wake up in the morning and it's all undone while you're asleep. <laughs> it's like, oh, yep. back it's in the plex, yeah. It's a lot, and it's something like plex madness is a phrase for it, right? It's like, all right, now we just have to run another eight hours of plexes. <laughs> And I'm sure the Mimitar and Amarians are like driven mad by this too, because they have the same situation. And it's and really it's like a really core dedicated group of Russian time zone players that or Eastern Europeans, like early, early uh, sixteen hundred Eve time players, that none of us have a chance to contest, and then it's too late by the time we try. So uh we'll, Yeah, and that and that sixteen hundred is sort of like a sweet spot because like there's really like three main time zones, right? And the idea is if you could control two of them, you're gonna win the system. But if you're that player that can play plus or minus like four hours of sixteen hundred, you really control two, right? Yeah, you get like you get like half the clock, and then you uh, you can probably do that uncontested because what's what's going to fight you is like one or two enemies, and there's so nobody's actually going to be able to put up much resistance. So it is a problem, but it's like a, 
it's like a problem for the enemy too because they're not able to keep it up. They're not going to be able to force that through all the time, right? So hopefully it'll dial back a bit, then it'll push back, and a little bit of a tug of war will happen the next couple of months, I think, in faction warfare. So Galente Militia still holds about 80 systems. We're losing a couple every week. Uh, we're going to try to see if we can slow that down and then turn it back uh, after that uh, slowdown occurs. Sort of like the the pandemic crisis, you want to slow the the rate of the of the of the of the of the infection rate, and then you start dragging it down. <laughs> you know, right. slower the curve, lower the curve. Slow lines. down their 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 advancement speed first. Yeah, exactly. So, so these changes have have we seen results yet? Have we seen less farmers doing the missions yet? Oh, have we seen huge. them go away? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was like the first thing I've noticed is that. Uh, you would used to see um, like jackdaws. It would be like these swarms of jackdaws coming through every system. Uh, so far, I've not seen that. Thank God. Um, and so I'm hoping that like eventually there's like a hidden market. Like there's the market on G four four for loyalty point items, right? And then there is these massive repositories of loyalty points that people have saved up. You know that provides like a buffer. So when that market in G four four changes in price, people start dipping into their res reservoirs of loyalty points to start cashing in. Eventually, that's going to stop being significant, I'm thinking. There's no more loyalty points at some point. People have to make more. And when they have to make more, they're going to have to go into actual <laughs> PvP environments to make those loyalty points. You're not going to be able to make it as fast with permission running, which will be nice. I'm sure people will still try. It will no, no, be nowhere near as profitable as it used to be which I'm hoping is a positive change for the video game. I'm sure some of the NullSec folks are very frustrated by not getting their faction ammunition and faction drones and faction ships as, as cheaply as they used to, but I don't really care. <laughs> because it was the low-sec people that were being victimized by it, primarily. You know, our efforts are being, you know, devalued by that kind of lazy AFK PvP, a PvE activity. And um, it does make us more... Uh, frustrated than anything else when you see that devaluation take place. So hopefully it'll turn around. Yeah, the rework of the VNI, I'm sure, helped a little bit about this too. Right, the, the fact that there's the Vexter Navy issue isn't the end all be all ratting ship that you right. would get from a Galactic militia. You still see them, yes, but they're not really what they're what they're used for before, which was like the lifeblood yeah. of an Ulsec, Right, you'd always get these wave, huge waves of Vexter Navy issues ratting, and they, that was like the key money maker. When that guy's Ishtar's now, yeah. Yeah, with Ishtar's, but you don't get an Ishtar in the Glente LP store. Yeah, true. I wish right? I could, but yeah. <laughs> no, so yeah. I think those two changes sort of took away the uh, the sort of heavy drive to farm the, the LP. Yeah, definitely. And that's and that will hopefully equal a sort of make a healthier environment, right? And then that's sort of the key thing is that you don't want to have such a glut of money and isk corrupting what's supposed to be a good faction warfare pvp fun place to live you know and we do have nullsec right so we have other things to do but faction warfare remains to be the place where you get action nobody gets pvp in nullsec like when do you get pvp in nullsec i roamed with the filament a signal 15 with our group like a week ago i went 50 jumps through nullsec to find something. We killed one Ishtar. The Ishtar was AFK on an Athenor, and we bumped it off the Athenor and killed it, because that's how AFK the guy was. That was the one kill that we got. So you don't get that kind of action in LSEC, whereas in, in low sec, you undock, get fights, have fun, 
and you can log off afterwards. So you don't have to worry about maintaining a bloated empire of thousands of systems. So it's a it's it's what I want to have to be my gameplay content is low sec. Uh, we have to make sure that we continue to adapt to these changes, though, is my uh, current organizational goal. So yeah. Um... I did have a thought I was going to ask you, and now I've lost my train of thought. But it had something to do with um, oh right. So I remember two years ago when um we were at FanFest in Iceland together, and we were at the Faction Warfare table. We had talked a lot about these same ideas. You had had yeah, them right. for a while, and one of them was you know why don't we pump some more LP into the actual kill of of Faction Warfare? And Fonzie was worried about the old days where that was gamed, right? where you would like manipulate the market. So one particular ship spikes in value and then you kill a whole bunch of those ships on the other side and you cash in that LP. Have you seen any of that shenanigans going on? Is there anyone gaming that crap? No, not yet. Thankfully. Um, and I hope it will not. Um, people, and th that's probably what will have to be monitored. I hope that they have made better filters on that kind of market manipulation. And I think what happened was, is that, um, Goonstorm, of course, let's be explicit. Goonstorm did this <laughs> for a great benefit to themselves. Uh, I'm not going to hold back any punches there. Uh, they, uh, they manipulated the market because they, felt they figured out the moving average filter that CCP was using on their pricing. So they calculated exactly how long they needed to keep that price elevated for before the uptick in the moving average on the video game's evaluation of that item. And then they use that to manipulate the price of the loyalty point payout on their ship kills. And um, I'm hoping that CCP has uh, added some white noise to that estimation so it's impossible to precisely calculate exactly when that will happen or that they have otherwise uh, figured out some hard limits on how much you can get on the loyalty point payouts or like the evaluations of some of these items. Uh, they have to watch. They have to look at the kill board and see, is a faction warfare kill happening? If so... Was there a lot of one type of item in it? <laughs> That's an easy one. It seems like a straightforward filter. Because if it's just one item, then it's likely that they have gained that item to be up in price. That will be uh, a loyalty point manipulator. So, And they could just filter and say, red flag. And then a game developer goes in and says, was that a manipulation of that? And then maybe they could start banning the players that are doing it. That would be what I would recommend. Go through all their accounts and start smacking some wrists. But... um. We'll have to see. I haven't seen anything on the killboards yet, though, thankfully. Good. That's good because um, that was a main concern and it did happen previously. So, um, Fonzie yeah. did indicate that they could, at the meeting, he said we could probably turn that knob in, a, in, in that direction, but we'd have to watch yeah. it. Um, yeah. And, and the, the change that they made is minor. It's like 20% or something increase in multi points. So, it's not like the old days where it was like a huge amount of the value of the ship and its cargo. Uh, so I don't think they're at risk of that so much. And I think it's easy enough to do some basic data processing to flag uh, suspect events. And hopefully that will be uh, worked out if that occurs. Yeah, and we touched briefly on on battleships. Not, you know, CCP has been showing the battleship as a class uh, a lot of love lately. Uh, one we yeah. mentioned already, it's got its own um, level of complex in Faction Warfare now where you can go in battleship down um and that's pretty cool uh they've recently got warp speed buffs they just got uh in the surgical strike patch everything all the resistance mods got nerfed but the battleship hull itself got a little bit of an hp buff right 
and we got frigate bays now and all this stuff. So like, <laughs> is, is the battleship going to play a larger role, you think, in faction warfare control? In low-sec and faction warfare, um, it'll always have a place in Apex Doctrines, I believe, the battleship. And you may see a slight rotation of the Apex Doctrines where you have like ADCB materials and you know, faxes. Well, now it might tweak a little bit in one direction or the other. It might focus a little bit more often on T3 cruisers or heavy assault cruisers on certain size engagements. But um, for faction warfare, Plex is not really... Um, like You need to have control of... Most of the plexes in the system, right? Most of the plexes are not battleship plexes. <laughs> so you don't really need the battleships to win. What you need is a good frigate, destroyer, and cruiser class doctrine combo that can really drive home the pressure if you're trying to win a fight against an enemy invasion or invade a system. So that's what you see primarily. And that's what you see in the kill boards now in Mimitar Wars. And also is a lot of cruiser combat, a lot of frigate cut and destroyer combat, not like battleship combat too much. And then you probably want to find somebody to interview on the Mimitar because it's probably interesting what's going on down there. But um, still, though, I think it's a positive change. I don't think it's going to be game-changing overall. Um, I have seen more small-gang battleship rooms on my kill board recently and it's randomly in low sex, so that's nice. People feel a little bit more willing to risk them. Uh, the issue was is that it was there was absolutely no reason to ever use <laughs> battleship. Well, yeah, so it was that, a bad place for a while and probably still isn't all the way there. Although I forgot yeah. to mention the scan res uh, bonus, which is kind of nice. Um, Slightly but... better. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's Exactly. So if you start out in such a deep hole, right, it's improved. Uh, it's probably not out of the hole. Uh, you know, it's... <laughs> yeah, I would so, say definitely for T1 battleships, they're still stuck in a, in a bad spot, given that you right. have heavy assault cruisers that generally outperform them in every way. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's sure. price, maybe, right? The biggest change overall for the, the balancing changes, right, was the shore range ammunition change, by far. Um, that's the biggest thing. And um, Yeah, so let's get into so that. Surgical oh, strike. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Surgical strike, right, exactly. Yeah, so just to continue on with that thought, right, um, it's a huge change to have that huge amount of DPS of shore range ammunition types. So conflagration, void, all of the, the hail, which you never saw hail. Nobody ever used hail, but now people use hail. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of nice. But the advantage of these types of short-range ammunition is you can really drive home um, your advantage by trying to get a, a brawling kill. If you go in and go short-range, you can do a lot of DPS really quickly and just smash a guy into a million pieces, usually before his backup arrives. And that's sort of where the, the game-changer really is, because you would see a lot of these local tank ships... Uh, with huge amounts of armor reps, a lot of, you know, shield boosters, that kind of thing. And he would specifically, this pilot, right, these guys that fly these types of solo PvP ship, would always take fights against small gangs because they know that they can outlast the DPS of the small gang. And they also got backups, right? They got their buddy coming over in a backup ship of some kind, either an ECM ship or more DPS or some other thing like a curse you see curses a lot <laughs> showing up to nude out your friends not fun when you see a curse show up and start your at zero cap um so the advantage of the high dps uh, small ammunition and the close range ammunition is that you can just kill the guy and these local tanks are no longer as effective because the resistance nerf right so it's now multiplicative you get a reduction in overall dps tanked and an increase in dps output by your fleet Huge change for PvP. 
that does mean you're going to see a little bit less of these very ballsy um, local tank ships, of course. So like these Asclepian tanked Hyperions, they're going to have to figure out they can't tank 15 ships at the same time and still win. That's not going to happen. Um, but they're still those ships are still fine. They're just not as overpowered as they used to be. Uh, and that, there were, I think that's probably a good thing, in my opinion, is that you can reward close-range combat, right? more aggressive combat, and um, you can actually kill ships that were not killable previously. In, in low sec, the biggest issue is faxes dropping and repairing a ship you're trying to kill. Yeah, so I want to get into that next, because the yeah. fax um, got hit hard, particularly the armor fax got hit pretty mm -hmm. hard. Um, big change there is it can only fit one cap booster, period. Like so, yeah. you you typically find armor faxes in general having at least multiple cap boosters, like at least two capital cap boosters, right? And that's what yeah, gives absolutely. it its, its insane sustain. You just sit there and tank a hundred man fleet and just be perfectly happy with that. I remember trying to kill a fax with literally like eighty materials, and like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it. It was just yeah. ridiculous. So it's now nuts. that. The, re the resistance comes down. They can't just pump cap like they, they used to and just infinitely double rep. Um, yeah. so I think it's really put them back. But how, how was was the facts a problem in Faction Warfare? And like, is, yeah. is this a, a help to you? So to provide context, like Faction Warfare is not just Plexus, right? It's also the Citadels and LDS structures because we live in Losec. So everything that we do is in Losec. We have Athenors in Losec. We have Astrohuses. We have Fortisaros in Losec. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So there would be PvP around Citadels, and almost always in a capital escalation, or even a subcapital escalation where you have, like, battleships, and the battleships are starting to falter in their tanks because the Guardians or whatever can't keep up. You drop the facts. So the, the scenario prior, prior to Surgical Strike, you just drop the facts. No problem. You don't care <laughs> what's on field. Yeah, it's like GG, yeah. right? Like, it's what do like, you do about it? You just, it's just... Drop the facts. And it's like blue eyes, white dragon from Yu-Gi-Oh. It's just like <laughs> you just get this huge amount of reps on field. You can't touch the thing. You can't kill it. So it's whatever. Um, so I think it's it probably was a problem that people were not were ready to admit it was a problem. Was the issue uh, people liked them so much because they were always useful. Well, if something is always useful, it's probably overpowered. <laughs> it might be because it's broken. And um, that might be why the faxes need to be nerfed a bit. Now, whether or not the nerf was too much, perhaps, is a topic of conversation. Um, I don't know. For, I don't know. I think it's good. The, I, I've have seen you heard them. the lift? Have you seen the lift? Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've been playing around with the lift and stuff. Um, it's, not I, it's not, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's not good. I think the point of it was, though, to make them less effective as a subcap support ship. Oh, I see. Right, and and that's definitely hurt that. Right, it's not a great. Let's drop it on a subcap fleet, though. I've seen them perform still fairly well in a larger scale capital engagement, where you don't have to yeah. keep pumping those cap boosters to stay alive. Right. 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 Like if well, you're going to drop on you're just dead anyway. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. really care after the first two minutes. <laughs> in a capital ship escalation, if you're still alive, you're going to keep living. If you're dead, well, you don't need the cap boosters. Um, exactly. Exactly. And it's and that's that's a good point. The only thing I would counter it with is that uh, some ships have made off better than others in that regard. Like the Apostle, much more robust. It's sure. just yeah. far better. And, and there's the, no and the Minikawa, right? The other side of it is yeah. the, the Minikawa is still a very Nobody uses Minikawas, by the way. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, we do in Nullsec a lot. <laughs> oh, it's still a very uh, very very viable ship. 
But you're oh, right. Okay. So, so the Nanazio, I don't know, because so it's a locally wrapped balanced ship, right? Yeah, locally wrapped ship and can only fit one cap booster and uh, <laughs> has no other choices. Really. Kind of needs that cap. It really does. Um, so you either get the remote repair or just dump as many batteries into it, I guess, or something. Or I don't. There's not a whole lot of choices on the fitting. No, and I so, still have a problem with batteries lately too, because I think outside of the fax issue, uh, energy neutralizers are kind of OP. I don't think there's enough counterplay. And now that you have these Triglavian ships running around, every one of them has like one or two neutralizers in them. Heavy dudes. Yeah, yeah I could just for sure. wreck your cap everywhere. Like, I think maybe the battery could use a little bit of a buff somehow to counterplay. Well, they can, they can up the they can up the percentage rejection of neutralizers on it, right? That would be that you just plus five percent on all of them, and uh, that would help. Uh, you'd have to see how much it hurts the newts, I guess. Uh, the the N plus one metagame of neutralizers in general, right, is an issue because at some point you have 50 Lashaks, and all of them have two newts, and now you have 100 newts. You know, what, what are you yeah, going to do uh, about that? What do you think about re diminishing returns for that? Just like a painter mm. or a web or, you know, damps. You know, those are all – you can't put 100 damps on a ship and have it, like, negative. <laughs> you, know, you know, or a target you used painter. To in magnetars, yeah. you could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember those? The perfect tracking yeah. guns and stuff. The perfect tracking insta blap lasers. No, the, uh, yeah, you're right. So, like, the only way that would be a problem, though, is that the scripting for it would be very challenging because currently it's just a subtraction, a mathematical operation, right? You just take the cap away and it goes into nowhere land. So, in order to make it a stacking penalty, you would have to have a, a second attribute. Continuously monitors for currently active neutralizers, you know, and since the neutralizer could be deactivated from cycle to cycle, I don't know. Maybe I guess you would go through a list and like you go through the array of neutralizers and you go through the first one. The first one gets a hundred percent. The second one gets ninety percent. The third one gets eighty percent. That's that'd be yet another server operation and a fleet fight to to operate. You know, I guess it might be worthwhile. Um, might be a challenge. We'll have to see. But that would be the only other way to do it, besides having the cap batteries be buffed, in my opinion. Since the cap boosters will never do enough, you have to have a better rejection of or like resistance to neutralizers. And the cap battery change when it was first made was quite groundbreaking. That was quite a big change. And it did help the game a great deal. So perhaps tweaking that dial first might be the, the easiest option, the, less, the lesser impact option. Small game PvP would not be hurt by diminishing returns. I would not care. Uh, so to be clear with you, <laughs> but for the big N plus one fights in Nullsec, it might be wise. Then again, you have to make it a steep enough diminishing return that it actually matters. If you have 50 neutralizers, you're capped out anyway. So, Yeah, this is true. Um, but I am glad to see that the facts um, take a little bit of a hit, though. Way too overpowered. It's like the GG button. If you don't have an answer for it, you just lose the fight, and that, and that's not really healthy. Um, no, not at all. And that was that's a good change for sure. I agree. And it's thankfully we didn't see too much of the facts nonsense in our area, but that's probably because we had other people that were going to kill those facts the moment they showed up. So I guess that's in other areas that are not in that sort of umbrella of super drops. Right, people were wise enough not to drop capital ships. <laughs> was the message right? Don't drop your caps. We don't drop our caps. Like nobody drops caps unless it's for 
a serious capital ship escalation. Uh, but in smaller areas, like low sec areas, like maybe the other war zones, you're going to see a lot less of fax drops, I hope, and that'll be healthier for small game PvP for sure. Yeah. Talk to me about the Deimos. The Deimos got a little mm. bit of love as a, as a heavy assault cruiser. I don't. It was sort of like the bastard stepchild that no one ever looked at. Like, it was worthless. <laughs> yeah. the, the, sort of like the, the Vagabond. It's kind of a meme. You know, it's not really a it's viable a ship. Um, it's still a meme. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, to me, it's still a meme, but like in the vein of surgical strike and brawling, it's, it's nice. Like, you know, it's it's cute. Uh, I understand why it exists. Um, it's the idealized form of blaster DPS. So that's cool. That's that's nice to have. But the British Navy issue exists, and it's one third the cost. Yes. Yeah. And it has a micro jump drive. <laughs> so why would you ever use a Deimos? <laughs> You could fit a whole tank to Rudix Navy issue and have 150,000 effective hit points. With well, a tracking you, bonus. Yeah, with better <laughs> fall-off. Yeah, like, I mean, the, the demos stopping. can't hit shit. Like, like the poor thing can't yeah. broadside of a barn usually. but it's, The Damos has been a meme since I first flown it in 2008. Like I, I, I tried really hard. <laughs> to make the Damus work. I think everyone has, right? It's a cool looking <laughs> ship. The concept of it is great. Like the ultimate brawler, yeah. you know, you want to just, and then, yeah, you, you, you tank like 60 dudes for a while and that's fun, but you don't kill anything. Yeah. And then you <laughs> explode. And it was sad. And that was yeah. the last time the Damus that year. The next year you try it again. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it, if the Damus had, it, okay, the range is the weapon systems, to be clear. Blasters still suck in larger scale combat, period. And that's because of the geometry of PvP at larger numbers of players. You have too many human beings in the same region of space. That means you're going to be like 50 kilometers away from each of your next targets. The blasters will not apply. So when you're in a smaller gang PvP situation, you can still have that situation, honestly. You can be webbed and the guy is shooting you from 10 kilometers for full damage and you're doing like 10% of your DPS. That's just not a number game that you could win. Um, so until the Damus gets within two kilometers or four kilometers of its target, you're not, it's not worth it. Um, so if you cannot guarantee that uh, eventuality, then you're screwed. And anybody with half a brain webs Damus and webs down and scrams down any kind of blaster ship. The only reason why the uh, British Navy issue is useful at all, it does have the micro jump drive. It does have that good ship hull bonus. And it really does have the effective hit points to last, so that at least perhaps the ship that is webbing you will get killed first. <laughs> so then you can cl close in on the ship you want to murder. Um, anyways, it's it's frustrating. I like the I like the Damus. I wish it was better. I don't know why it's so expensive. I don't. I, somebody must have really went in hard on the Damus to. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't think there's just any supply of Damus. I don't think that business was good uh, for a while. Well, yeah, nobody's making them because why would they? Yeah. <laughs> so the price is where it is. Yeah, the only people yeah. flying Deimos is the ones that just want to meme around and like tank 20 dudes for an hour and, and laugh at them. <laughs> right? It's the same same problem the Vagabond has on the shield side of things, right? Tanks like yeah. a boss, but like if it can't get in range, then it's just going to sit there and die eventually. Um, exactly. I was actually looking up on the Kilber to see what ranking the Deimos has. It's like 67 or something, and all the ships of EVE Online is the heaviest. Yeah, are... that's not good. It's not a good place. It's not a good place. Let me... Like, I can let me pull up the Munin. The Munin is like 20. Oh, the Munin is 20. That's a surprise. That's. 
Yeah, Damus is not not a good place for a heavy soul cruiser, and, and the Ishtar isn't either. Like none of the Galenzi's heavy soul cruisers are worth their money for PvP. Uh, the Ishtar has so so these changes though, uh, I think are pushing the meta into this sort of e war kind of game, right? Because like we got reduction in resists, um, which kind of hurt the shield ships, right? Because they're you're using active shield modules probably more than armor boats do, so you're going right. to take a little bit of a hit. Now, I'm seeing out there a lot the use of Sacrilege, which was sort of a suboptimal ship for a while, but it got a heavy missile buff. It's got some mid-slots to use for E-War. And the Ishtar is sort of in a similar boat. Um, yeah. The Ishtar, the Ishtar has the, the, the mid-slots, but at the same time, it's using drones. And drones suck. <laughs> yeah. Drones are so bad, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, when we fly drones, it's like people have... But where it really hurts is people have variable drone skills, right? So if you don't have all the same control range, half your fleet is able to hit where you're at, and the other half is like, I'm not in range, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's like guns. A, is it true? Like, I don't have this problem so much with guns. But well, because guns can fire, as long as you can target, you can fire, right? And you're going to do some damage if you're in long range, fall off. You're going to be able to do something. But with the drones, it's a Boolean, right? It's a, a yes or no. Do you have the drone control range? Nope. Okay, you're fucked. You don't get to shoot your drones. Uh, and then the drones just, you have to warp away, you have to micro-jump, you have to, like, there's like five different ways you can lose 100% of your fleet's DPS with drones. Smart bombers, if they exist. Heaven forbid. Command we'll destroyers. Command destroyers will boost the drones. You know, it's like, there's five different ways. And the, whereas with guns, you can keep shooting. You can keep shooting with your guns. <laughs> there's no way to stop the guns from shooting as long as you have cap and air and ammunition. Um, missiles are the same thing. They provide damage. They're much more reliable. Drones are a, a, are a fun meme, and they're much more effective in uh, small game PvP. Um, but as a large fleet doctrine, like the Gila obsession that Losec has sometimes for PvP, where everybody does like the 30 Gilas and the six Basilisks, right? It's like a 5 to 1 ratio. There's the golden ratio of Basilisks and Gilas. That's fine. That works okay, but not when you're dealing with Alpha Strike doctrines, or when you're dealing with any kind of weapon systems that are not drones, <laughs> or it has an equal number of players as you do with with logistics of some kind. Um, Gila's are fine, but they get micro jump boost. They get stuff screwing with them, so the drones are still an issue, I think. Yeah, yeah, Gila's are cool, um, but they're you know in the bigger fights lack the. The sort of burliness you need to to fight with them, I've noticed. Like they They're have still, a threshold, right? They're a very good small to medium gang boat, but you go above fifty dudes, and now they start to struggle. Um, it, yeah. it does the it does the Eve Online uh, learning curve crash where it goes, and um, because it is just effective hit points at some stage, you will be webbed, you will be painted, and there will be enough Alpha Strike, and you'll be dead before the Basilisks are able to do anything to, to save you. Um, so they're they're great, but like they're they have a limited capacity above that threshold. So as you're exactly right. About the Munins, like they so CCP has been picking on the Munin for a while. Is that a doctrine you see a lot in Losec? Because they they've been like nerfing it. its speed, they've been nerfing its optimal range, <laughs> they kicked it with power right. grid, you know, like a bunch of things. Yeah. All of which really hasn't had a very big impact on the ship. To be honest, it's still a very viable and powerful ship. But yeah, people are still using it. Quite clearly, right? Like, they're still using Munins in Nullsec. I don't see them in Losec. Um, now, the only reason why they may not be happening in Losec as often is um, we don't have the kind of heavy assault cruiser you know, events in Losec that we used to, probably. I see more Cerberuses in Losec, honestly. A lot more Cerberuses. 
Um, that kind of missile DPS seems to be preferred. It's less complicated. You can turn the missiles on, they'll do damage. Whereas with immunity, you have to have the very complex trifecta of the webs, the timing, making sure the alpha strike lands at the same time, making sure that your fleet is moving in the correct direction for transversal speed, all that stuff. Um, so services are a lower uh, skill threshold from a player perspective, for, uh, for at least for the fleet commander as well. Um, so I think I think the Munin doesn't use as much simply because it is useful in Nullsec and some of these other situations, but it's still too challenging for the payoff that it provides in the low-sec environment at this stage. Um, I used to do the Munin Doctrine like two or three years ago, but I never used it again after the first couple of times I tried it. Um, it was just a, it was too difficult to make it work successfully was the problem in my situation. And now the Loki too. So the Loki was another sort of Alpha Strike boat that everyone was using. Um, yeah, you know, templates. I've, I've lost the Loki's. Uh, yeah, I've lost the Loki's before. Um, one fight, a couple fights. The Loki's were just incredibly tanky, and they still had good firepower. Um, they're tankier than the other ships of that class with the low signature radius. So you're able to get a lot of uh, benefits from using a tech, a tech three cruiser in that regard. Um, tech three cruisers were a little bit nerfed in the recent balance updates, I believe. I, I can't recall oh, yeah. exactly. Loki specifically. Yeah, Took right. A, Loki. A power grid hit, which honestly was that was a substantial hit to the Loki because now even the yeah. armor version, you're losing a lot of EHP now because you can't fit what you used to be able to fit, and you know right. resistance nerfs too really really punched it. You know, yeah, they, yeah. they took away some optimal range too, which, eh, you could argue about that. But the power grid hit was pretty big. Right, right. And that's, I think that's that's also a valid thing because I think it was a little bit too dominant. I guess the concern would be is any, is what is the purpose of a Tech 3 Cruiser? Right? What, what is the purpose of using a Tech 3 Cruiser? You can lose skill points while dying in them, right? They're very expensive. Um, wormhole space uses them a ton. Right. I'm sure your whole players talk about this also a lot, is that they they love to use uh, Tech 3 Cruisers because their eff effectiveness per player. If you have 20 players, you want those 20 players to be as damn good as possible. And that's the issue with wormhole space is having the, that kind of effectiveness and efficiency. In low sec, you can just keep adding more players. <laughs> There's a lot more resources and a lot more player base to draw upon than wormhole spaces, a lot more people live in normal space in the EVO online environment. So, yeah, it's I haven't seen many large fights recently, honestly, that involved Loki's, but uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> I guess I could. I'm I'm, I'm focused mostly on the small gang stuff that, at this stage, um, uh, and that's more fun for me typically. And I do see T3 cruisers, but not in the quantities that they used to exist because of the main nerfs too that we just described. I think. So I had somebody complain to me um, about the resistance nerf saying that a lot of small gang roamers used that resistance sort of tank on like an assault frigate or T2 uh, ship of some sort to fight <laughs> up. And I was like, well, fight I up, know. I guess. Is that true uh, though? Like, are you noticing that? Because now I feel like as a small gang in your Hecate fleet, you could just go evaporate people and you don't have yeah. to worry about trying to tank them. You just kill them faster. Right. That's true. And there is like a critical point where it doesn't matter how much active tank they have, as long as you do enough DPS, they will explode. And then they will explode before you lose anybody or if you, before you lose too many. Um, so the, that was a huge upgrade for the Hikates, another close range blaster ship. What I would suggest about the, the resistance nerf being a problem would be sustainment, right? T sustained tanks 
is what the what, what those players are complaining about being nerfed. Right. And is that a problem though? Is it like adversely affect the way you were operating in low set? No. No, because um the only real advantage of dragging out fights would be to have reinforcements come in to help you out. <laughs> right? And since the resistance nerf is cutting against both the aggressor and the defender in this circumstance, right? As an equal level of nerf, what's the point? What's the complaint that they have? Um, and really, I think what they're complaining about is that they're dying faster than they used to. And that means they can't get their buddies to show up to help them out. And that's, that's perhaps true. <laughs> your, your Enyo isn't going to active tank as long as it used to. That's, that's certainly true. Um, though, to be clear, you could make a pretty good tank on an Enyo still or these other, other salt frigates. Because you only were using like one resistance module at most anyway on any of those ships. Most of the tank is from the ancillary armor repair, your, your other local tank uh, rep modules, your, your, your uh, assault damage control, and some rigs. And you do a lot of uh, rig bonuses that are like active repper rigs, like uh, auxiliary uh, you know, nano pumps and stuff like that, to get all your reps per, per second cycle buffed and into really ridiculous numbers. And you'd have Asclepians or something like that, or drugs like Exile. And Resistances wasn't so much of a thing. It is a thing, but it's not as focused as a large fleet fight where you have three Resistance modules stacked up. When all three of those modules are nerfed by 20%, that's a big fucking deal. But when you have only one module that's nerfed by 20%, it's not as much of an impact as it would have been. Do you think that uh, people will be playing around with uh, getting their... Say you're in a T2 ship, right? The hull gives you innately two good resists um you know yeah. opposite its race right but right, then right. you would fill that hole the rest of the holes with maybe low slot mods do you think people will then now shift to the rigs to fill those gaps yeah. and use the low slots for more damage they could use it for damage um that's the first obvious reach for and then the blaster ships the short range gps ships that's definitely what they'll have to do um otherwise you can actually just go for more buffer you can do a little bit of buffer tank on that just to add time on the clock for your engagement, which is useful also. Um, alternatively, they can go for speed, which allows for them to actually catch people that they wouldn't have been able to catch previously. And uh, usually actually go for like an overdrive on an assault frigate or an Enya like that, just to, to grab people. Because people don't expect an overheated micro warp drive Enya that's going really, really fast. And um, that actually helps you catch these Orthruses. All these guys in nano cruisers and high-grade snakes. They're very overconfident, sons of bitches. <laughs> And you, they don't expect an assault frigate to grab them at that at that velocity. And um, the upsetting the metagame is what you have to use your low slots for in assault frigates. Don't play to people's expectations. Try to change what your ship is doing just enough to be able to grab them and to make them pay for being overconfident. And uh, in large fleet fights, it's a different game. It's all about numbers and math. But in EVE Online low sec PvP and factional frigate PvP, which is very interesting, that's why it is interesting. It is a little bit like poker. It's like if the enemy that believes you're bluffing or if the enemy believes that you're not as good, then you're going to be able to surprise them. And that's what you want to do with your ship's fittings, usually. Yeah. So lots of lots of stuff going on. Uh, a lot of it focused in low sec, some of it not. But if you could grab CCP <laughs> and say, this will be next, do this next. What would that <laughs> um, they really need to fix the, the resource glut in the game is my thought, right? Like there's this resource glut based upon uncontested activity, you know? And um, EVE Online's about a game of conflict and crisis and 
panic and frustration and fear and exultation and excitement and joy. And falling asleep while watching Netflix while ratting with your carrier isn't really one of those things. <laughs> so we should just delete that and it goes away. And then you make the game more about what's supposed to be. That'd be my recommendation. And I do believe this invasion update is going to be focused on that, which should be very interesting. So I'm excited to hear more about it. Well, what do you think about the fact that they just like axed the shit out of mining and <laughs> like a, like they completely well, that's part of it. like no, that's we're part not of gonna it, right? we're not gonna tweak it. We're just gonna fucking kill it, right? Like there's no more like yeah. mining. No like more it was is gone now. Yeah, no more like hordes of locust workers. Right. Yeah, you can't do it. You can't put you a rope on a single anom anymore. It's not worth it. Right. So that, I think that was absolutely required, and I, it should have been it should have been done like three years ago, probably. Um, and then they just need to find a way. If you could go into people's item hangers and then have like a, de- a half life decay, <laughs> yeah, like just like destroy yeah. all people's yeah. hordes of minerals. Yeah, like have a half life of tritanium where it like has radioactive decay. So like half of it decays after a month if it just sits there. <laughs> that might be too cruel. I, I, I might get like people trying to shoot my shit in Nullsec now because I said that. But <laughs> there has to be a correction to this hoarding, right? It's like the toilet paper hoarding. People have been hoarding stuff in this game for years. Yeah, I mean, you could axe the mining, right? But there's probably years and years and years of supply in people. It's like the loyalty point back. It's like the loyalty point hoarding. People have like millions and and tens of millions of loyalty points. Tweaking the mission running loyalty point factor isn't really going to do a whole lot. It does a bit, but it's not going to do a whole bunch until that reservoir gets drawn down. So, yeah, it's... It's a thing that needs to be seriously looked at because the health of the game will depend upon people actually having a social interaction with other players, actually having conflict, or having to team up together to have conflict. And back in the early days of the game, 2007, that's when I first started, that was exactly what you did. You logged in, you had to play with other humans and actually cooperate to achieve anything of any value. And you could still do like your level three missions, but that wasn't that that wasn't that great, <laughs> you know. You'd even like team up to do level four missions in like 2008. You're like we have a level four mission running fleet. It's like that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> That's no, not a thing. Man, I ran level yeah. four missions by myself for a long time. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's yeah, not great. T1 battleship. Like it was. T1 bad. battleship. You make like 20 million esque an hour or something. That was big money back. Yeah, then. I always thought it was rich. Big deal. Big deal. So that needs to be what's corrected. I recommend to CCP, and hopefully that would incentivize content in the game across all levels. You know. People would be more interested in taking the challenge, more challenging PvE content if it wasn't so easy to get fat and rich off of the, the low-skill PvE content. And um, it would increase the amount of PvE because there would be more risk, people at risk, instead of hiding away in their tiny corners of Nulsic, making uh, mass amounts of money. Like that room I took with that Signal 15 filament, that's exactly what I saw. It's like, there's just nobody here, but they still make tons of money anyway during their random time zones. And it's, that's not what he wants in a game. That's uh, growing and expanding as dynamic. So, yeah, Adam here in the chat is uh, insistent that somebody was saying that these changes hurt small gang. I don't really agree. I don't think it's hurt small gang roaming at all. Which, I which mean, if anything, <laughs> yeah, I know, you said all these changes. Which ones? To all me, all these changes are horrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you mean, dude? Uh, like, I think small know, gang yeah, now has a better chance of getting its elaborate, skill, right? Elaborate, yeah, exactly. It's like you're less likely to get faxed to defend the ship that you're killing. Right. 
your tank of what you're attacking is overall lower. Right? It's lower. Yeah. The kill is higher. You can't sustain his local reps as long. Um, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's questionable. <laughs> um, and your local in your DPS output against the adversary will likely be higher because you're going to try to kill the guy with your short range ammunition if you're trying to go for a kill. Um, or you could kite them. You can try to do a kite kill, but you know. I like doing blasters a lot. Oh, so Adam says he, he heard me say that. I had heard that from another player. Oh. That the, the resistance changes hurt small gang. And we, we kind of argued against that. Yeah, um, we just sort of went through that, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Big. I, yeah, I have not seen that as an impact. Uh, and uh, I guess, yeah, no, I have not seen that as an impact substantially. What about a change that's faction warfare low sec related specifically? Like if you can grab them and say, do this for faction warfare next, and I will... Mm. Okay. Be so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a challenging one. We got most of what we asked for. Um, you have the which main is very thing, good. which is very good. The only remaining question is that time zone problem, right? These these issues where flexes are being run twenty four hours a time a day and a clock, and it's almost impossible to time zone fight that. And that's still fair because we use that to our advantage too, right? We do uh, we do it on our side. Alternatively, um, I think that's basically it. I think that is the only real contention that we have at this stage. Because is the we got the docking thing still a problem in faction war. Not as much because you can camp the Citadel undock. <laughs> oh, you know, I didn't even think of that. That's true. Yeah, we had that done to us. Actually, it was very frustrating. <laughs> we, were in, oh. we were in Kanaka and we undocked some ships, and one of the guys got caught in the undock because uh, it was not tetherable. Right, so you can't. Uh, warp away unless you have an insta warp and you know immediately to go for it um you uh, can easily get caught that way it, it's still it's still not as much of an issue because uh you can kill the citadels and that's content right those citadel grinding is frustrating and that is annoying for sure um the only thing i would actually ask for most is perhaps a little bit more a little two points in the kill mail is just a, up a tiny tiny amount more than it is because it is higher but it's not a whole bunch higher um, and I don't think there's too much of a risk of it being manipulated at this stage. Though I guess I, no, I should I should know that I, that's not going to be right. <laughs> Everybody's going to manipulate the fuck out of it at some point, right? Oh well, I would not be a good CCB developer, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I think <laughs> I think for a long time, you know, we had been begging uh, for some love and low sec and factual warfare, and it's it's good to finally get some substantive changes that weren't really huge code overhauls. Most of it's sort of minor tweaking. Yeah, light touch stuff. Light touch. Stuff. Yeah, that, that we could be iterative on. Maybe you're right. Maybe we take a look at those LP numbers and dial the notch a little bit harder. Or, teeny, and, teeny bit more. <laughs> yeah, and just continue to iterate. And CCP has been all about that for the last like year or two. Just iterate, 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 and which is a much better approach than like big bang patches. You know, absolutely true. The only other thing I would say about LowSec at this stage is that it, as a content generator and content creator, as like I'm a fleet commander, right? And I got like a couple other fleet commanders in the Alliance and the Corp. It, it is still challenging to like just play the game overall and maintain your momentum with content generation. You have to constantly make fleets. That's not a faction warfare problem. That's just an EVE Online problem. <laughs> and honestly, right, it is challenging to do logistics. It is challenging to haul stuff. It is challenging to manufacture stuff and constantly plug everything into your hangar and make it make content happen for your players. But that's just a, everybody has to deal with that. Unfortunately, um, I wish it was easier. It'd be nice if it was easier, but that's just, not, I have to cut my blessings, I guess, to have what I have. 
video. Like I spent like half an hour hauling stuff before I came on this uh, brief on this show, right? It's like it shouldn't take this long to haul this much stuff around <laughs> as a player. <laughs> but, There's an awful lot of busy and homework that goes mm-hmm. into this stuff. And I think CCP has also been chiseling away at that a little bit. Like the skill book change I thought was really good. That was huge. Um, that was great. It, it was probably 10 years too late, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, remember those days where you're like, I got to go get fucking frigate skill books for my guys yeah. and stuff. I'm like, oh. No, you'd, you'd have to create like a like a catalog for them to select from for their skill books. <laughs> like how many years of my life have I spent like years just trying to tweak and manage corporate hangers for skill books and basic shit like that is so annoying so one baby step at a time you know and i have to continue to evaluate what's going on in our factual warfare environment to see how these changes will impact us so this is positive um the only frustration is this time zone tanking problem currently with factual warfare but yeah 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 that's an issue and I, i think that would probably require a whole like rethinking of how systems are captured uh sort of what nullsec went through with you know aegis or like or have it be like um, only a certain amount of plexus would spawn per two hours or like per three hours. So you have like, it saturates and you can only make so much progress within that six hour window and that's maxed out. So then you can't go higher than that. You know, you have to have more time on the clock to be able to push the system farther. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a yeah, thing. And also, and when I was there in Faction Warfare, isn't there like constellation based plexes that spawn that get like locked out very late yeah. in the US time zone. So like the US time zone kind of gets hamstrung because there aren't as like put after downtime, there's plexes everywhere. Right. By the time you get to the late US time zone, there's not enough for those guys to hit. To uh to work against, to pull it back. Exactly. And um so the, that's that's something that could be looked at probably. Again, there's a more deeper code, I'm sure. Like we, I remember watching a FanFest presentation where they went through their code tree of EVE Online and their POS code is like this giant octopus creature in one part of their code tree. And it still exists for some reason. And they can't cut well, the... Well, that's why bosses are still here, right? Yeah, it's hmm. still there. And I'm sure it's like interconnected to like why your blaster turns on. It's like... It's like <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like... It's like some function code call in that is actually related to activating your warp drive. I don't know. It's uh, it's scary sometimes how old the code of this game is, but it's very informative. And CCB has managed to keep it going, which is impressive at least. So, Yeah, well, a game this old that's still rocking and being iterated on is pretty is, yeah. <laughs> very yeah. common. Yeah, I guess I guess that's one of the was the second largest export from Iceland, particularly in this current situation with the COVID nineteen. <laughs> yeah. So I, the president of Iceland's like calling CCP every week, like make sure that game works. I need those tax income. <laughs> that's very true, man. That's very true. Uh, anything else you wanted to mention? It's always good to talk to you. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love low second in faction warfare, and it's fun to be on the show for sure. Um, nothing much else to say at this point, besides the fact that it is, uh, like I have to, anybody that does uh, fleet command and does leadership of any kind, I have to give a hundred percent, 100% props to those guys. So I guess I give a shout out to anybody that does an actual fleet and has, has people undock in spaceships to go do a PVP thing. Awesome job. Keep doing it. Let me know if you need help. I'm on Twitter. Just come hang out and then I'll talk to you about it because it is a nightmare. 
And uh, even if I don't think of it as much as I should, I should do a lot more thinking to be honest, because it is a very socially draining activity, right? You have to manually talk through people 100% of the time. Um, they have to be like an air traffic controller, basically, to do a fleet continuously. Um, well, it, you know, it's sort of like a fishing boat captain, too, right? Yeah. You have to know, like, know where to go or like who to poke yeah. or who to – and that's all you draining. Have have, and then like – when you don't get the engagement, like your eat fleet the other night, you go home and you don't yeah. get anything. You personally feel like you failed. You're like, oh, I didn't get yeah. fish. We won't. Eat it's like it's like, like I let down all these people that I love, you know. <laughs> so when I your hug, Mr. Schroeder's got all robotic on me. Your interwebs are failing you, sir. Did he calm down? Oh, now I can't hear him at all. We'll give him a minute. You there, Julianus? And it's one of the best and most rewarding activities in the video game by far. Um, but yeah, it is a challenge, and I have to continuously find places to like recharge my back. Ah, you're back. Yes. Uh, for the for that task, but it's still important that anybody that wants to get into Fleet Command, Discord, died talk on about it on Twitter. Let's let's hit up. Let's... All right. <laughs> but yeah, don't know. Well, it has been an hour, so is it is it time? We're wrapping up the show anyway, so we could probably right, just well, wrap up. I think we covered uh, We're wrapping up topics so we can, today. Yeah. Um, glad to have you back, yeah, Julianus. So yeah. I hope to check in with you again in a few weeks, and uh, we'll see how these changes uh, continue to impact the gameplay, hopefully in a, in a positive way. Um, thank you all for joining us on the midweek show. Make sure you check out our Sunday show. Join our Discord. Lots of good things always going on at the TIS Discord, CCPers, uh, notable names, people to ask questions, find out the answers. Matterall does his daily show, keep you up to date on all the breaking news stuff. Um, I will see you next week where we'll be talking, I think we'll be talking about some goings on in Pravi, I think, but I'll confirm that for you all. Otherwise, have a good night, everyone, and I'll see you next week on Talking Station.